What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Social City Podcast, Episode 1, Season 1. I'm your host, Omar Foster, at Old School Omar, also running at CF underscore Social City, the gym page. My beautiful wife is my co-host on our first episode, Abby, Abriana is her full name, <laughs> Abby Sheree Foster. Say what's up to the people, boo. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. This is it, boo. We're here. We are doing it. Kicking off a podcast. Feels official. We're in the studio. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting about why we wanted to do a podcast, the feelings and thoughts around starting a new chapter, uh, a fun segment we're calling Obsession of the Week, and then we'll finish off by answering some questions that you guys all sent in via social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Had some good questions come through. We'll be answering those towards the end. But first, before we get started and rolling in, we got to give a shout out to our sponsor, our first sponsor. Woo-woo! Shermac Builders. Hey. That's the father-in-law. That's Avi's dad who runs <laughs> Shermac Builders. Full transparency. He was gracious enough when I hit him up. I was like, yo, Mark, man, Avi and I are looking to fire off this podcast. Uh, would you be interested in helping us out, giving us some of your blessings and sponsoring an episode or two? You know what his response was? He said, I'd love to. I'd love <laughs> I to I love that you didn't you guys. tell me that you were asking him, by the way. That was I was like, Dad, I think we're doing podcasts. He's like, Yeah, I know. I was like, How do you know? <laughs> you know, I know. Sometimes if I run that stuff by, you're gonna be like, What? You're gonna ask my dad? And you know, sorry, I skipped the line on that, boo. I apologize. Yeah, uh, but go ahead and give them a spiel on uh, Shermac Builders, boo. Tell them about the story of the company and where it all began. Yeah, so Shermac Builders is our family-owned construction company. My grandparents actually started it in 1967 here in mm. Vegas. My dad took it over. Had been working in the company from the time he was a kid, took it over when my grandfather was diagnosed with terminal cancer, has been running it ever since. And they are general remodeling experts, but what they really specialize in is accessibility remodeling. So mm. he works a ton with the Veterans Affairs, uh, with disabled veterans, veterans that are looking to age in place. Yeah, shout out to all our disabled vets. Yeah, a huge, huge segment of his business is really dedicated towards that. Uh, allowing them some freedom within their home. So if you guys know a veteran or someone that is looking to age in place, looking for enrolling showers, grab bars, uh, things like that, freedom in their home, Sherbrooke Builders is a place for you. And my dad is one of the most knowledgeable people you'll ever meet in yeah, this space, for sure. For sure. Mark's one of the kindest men I've ever met. <laughs> He's been uh, an inspiration to me as a father, Aww. just a good role model all around. Love you, Mark. Appreciate you helping us out. Yeah, thanks, Daddy. Getting this started, getting this launched off for us. So yeah. here we go. After 14 years of being in the health and wellness space, we have heard hundreds of collective stories, conversations, and perspectives that have created so much inspiration in our own lives that we wanted to bring them beyond the four walls of the gym and share them on a greater platform. Our goal is to share some of our favorite personalities, stories, and perspectives that continue to inspire us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we've been in the gym space and one thing that we catch outside of just the physical aspect of it is meaningful conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've told the story that the gym is the one place where people go and voluntarily set their phones aside for a whole hour. Yeah. You know, think about when do you do that? You know, voluntarily <laughs> just set your phone away for a whole hour. And within that hour, you know, we're going through um, some physical exercise, some hard workouts, but there's also a lot of connection. Mm -hmm. uh, there's bonding that happens during common struggle. And we just wanted to take that and put it on a larger and greater platform. So here we are today uh, launching off our first podcast. Yeah, it's super exciting. I mean, between the personalities that have come to the gym and some of the amazing, inspiring stories of things that people have overcome, whether it's injury or just uh, the obstacles that life has thrown at them. It's really been such a source of inspiration, I think, for us and what's helped us progress year over year and kind of looking for more and more challenges. And I'm really excited to finally kind of have a platform to be able to share those. I mean, there's so many conversations that we've talked about where as soon as that person leaves, you're like, oh my gosh, we wish we could have recorded that and mm -hmm. shared it with others because there's so much value in the wisdom or the experience. And so I'm really just excited to start introducing some of those stories here. It's yeah, be good. man. And, and like the fun part, at least for me, because there's days when I coach all day is I've got different like it's like being on a stage at a show right? <laughs> yeah. where I get to chat with like different audiences mm. um, after each class, you know, so the 5 a.m. conversation is different from totally. the 630 from the eight to the nine and the noon. You know, all the conversations are different, but they all have one common thing. And that's connection mm -hmm. through that conversation, you know, and it's powerful when you leave there a lot of those people fill your cup, you know, and yeah. they inspire you in a way that you won't get outside of those walls, you know? And I'm excited because I think 
as well as inspiring stories, there is this level of respect amongst that group that really allows for open dialogue and conversations around topics and mm. things that normally I don't think people know how to have conversation around anymore. They just have debate or fighting or any there's friction in that. And I think especially 20 since 2020, I don't think that's been, you know, a nuance that's limited to just our gym space where it's like these topics come up and they can be kind of sticky mm. or they can be uncomfortable. And I think for me, it's been really inspiring to see the level of respect in the gym and perspectives that have been able to be presented in those conversations that are met really with like open arms and an open mind. So, you know, I don't think we'll get too dicey season one intentionally, <laughs> but again, I think uh, all of that is really kind of what birthed the idea of creating a platform to be able to share those personalities and thoughts and stories and sources of inspiration that drive us all the time. Yeah, 100%. So it's episode one, season one. It's a new year, a new chapter, a bunch of new yous, and we are doing a new podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is it. We're here. We're doing it. How you feel, boo? How you feel about I'm it? I'm really excited. I think I was super nervous, um, but I think this year in general, I'm just trying to come from a place of yes. If anyone knows anything about our relationship, like, <laughs> like I am a little bit more of the planner and maybe the like, the think things through, think things out, poke mm -hmm. holes in it probably too many holes in the yeah, where, I'm, where I'm like, let's just get started and we'll figure it out along the way. Totally. So, um, Omar like booked the podcast and even tell me, just told me that we had an appointment at range childcare, <laughs> <laughs> everything. Um, so I'm, I was nervous and I think my, my instinct and my inner critic at first was like, Oh no, like we're going towards the edge. It's no, but now this whole year my whole theme is just trying to be a little bit more open and kind of being curious of like, okay, what's on the other side of yes mm. on the things that I would normally say no to. And then yeah. also learning to say no uh, about other things that like I tend to people please a little bit or maybe take too much on my plate. So leaning into a hard yes on something that felt a little nerve wracking, but I'm excited. I'm excited at the idea of not necessarily just sharing our story. Um, but again, like creating a platform that can hopefully be a resource. And I'm like, man, if one person gets one thing out of this and all of it's worth it. Yeah. So amen to that. How are you feeling? feeling You've talked good. about this for a long time. I have. We have conversations. <laughs> we've done pretend podcasts. <laughs> we have. <laughs> where we've been on at dinner and we just start recording on our phone and we pretend to be <laughs> on a podcast. We have about two or three episodes somewhere in our uh, voice memo. Oh. But yeah, man, we're here. Like I said, I've been telling people. 2024 is the year of execution, mm. you know, pulling the trigger on stuff. You know, for us, we've been doing daily disciplines. We've done stuff like 75 hard, all the crazy challenges that Omar yeah. and Avi are always on. <laughs> and it's ready to just start pulling the trigger and execute and not being scared. Yeah. This morning, I hosted my first ever men's camp. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. We've talked about yeah. that too for a long time. This yeah, is like a, a doubleheader day. It is called momentum. So I'm on a high from that. We had a uh, 20, 22 men out there at 630 in the morning on a Saturday. We did a 5.4 mile ruck. You know, we had mm -hmm. 20, 30 pounds in our backpack. Just had some conversations. We started off uh, with a ruck in silence, two to three minutes in silence, just to kind of see where guys went in their head, mm -hmm. give them some time to take in their environment, take in the day, take in the sunrise. It was a beautiful morning sunrise. Yeah. And then we went into some fun topics. I was able to ask the guys to uh, start off by telling us some of their pet peeves mm. or things that frustrate them the most, you know? Yeah. And it was cool. Cause what was guy, yours? Oh, man. What frustrated me the most? I don't even remember because Andrews was so good <laughs> yeah, right the off no the call, gate. No he show. was just like, I hate no call, no shows, mm. you know? And I was like, we're grown adults. Why are people still <laughs> no call, no showing people? Like, at least have enough respect uh, to say, hey, man, like, I'm not going to make it. It's an yeah. easy text to send. So yeah, piggybacking off of the year of execution, the momentum had been an idea. The momentum men's camp had been an idea for probably what six, going on eight months. I've been talking yeah, about it. It's been a while. I was inspired to do this after a five a.m. class that I jumped in on the workout with. We went out for a two hundred meter jog. It was again five a.m. in the morning, so mm -hmm. the day was still. It was calm. It was quiet, but there yeah. was something so powerful about moving and getting ready to take on this hard task for the day with a group of men mm. and when we came in for that from that run i was like man <laughs> that felt good we should yeah. have a men all men's workout or start a men's camp 
And then between that time and now, I think there's just been signs, right? Mm -hmm. There's been signs. Uh, I went to this mastermind in Arizona and they were talking about trends in 2024 as far as health and fitness goes. And the mental side of things was a big talk, you know, mental health for all of us, for, for men and women. And I felt that women oftentimes have each other. And you guys are able to talk about stuff, you know, kind of with no filter, where (laughs) as for men, it's like, we're not talking about those things. We're not going to our boy like, yo, yo, Andrew, I'm struggling in my marriage, man. You got some advice for me. So I wanted to create a space that men could show up to do some physically hard, challenging tasks to help build them and move them that way, but also open up and share some struggles that we all deal with. Because when stuff hits the fan, we all feel like we're alone in that situation, Mm. And without having someone to talk to or, or let some steam off or get some weight off your shoulders, we're not meant to go through that alone. So it was awesome to create the space. We, we uh, rucksacked all the way up to Willows Park, yeah, which is where it all started for yeah. us. 2010. You know? 2010. So we're going on 14 years on this, on this fitness journey, and it's been an amazing ride. Yeah. I'm ready to, to continue to amplify and to continue to grow forward. We got to the park. I was able to explain to all the men that this is it, guys. This is where it started for me. I had nothing. We had no equipment. <laughs> uh, we started on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and I seriously ended up texting friends from high school yep. that I hadn't seen in 10 years. <laughs> and I was like, yo, it's Omar. I'm back in Vegas. I'm starting a boot camp. Uh, would you guys want to show up, show some support? Yeah. Ten bucks. And <laughs> I, I was remember. like, hey, man, if I can get 10 people, that's 100 bucks an hour. Like, yeah. that's balling. Like, <laughs> I'm down with that. And we had, what, 10 to 12 people show up on the first on the first workout. Yeah. Uh, we did Sunday mornings for about two months before there was a, a demand to do yeah. more. And then what did we do? Sunday, th- Sunday and Thursday. So Sunday morning at 9 a.m., Thursday at 6.30 p.m. at night. And about two or three months of that, we started opening up five days a week, Sunday through Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be out there like in the middle of the winter, like no lights on. Yeah, no nothing, man. Yeah. It was awesome just to have that. You know, what exactly a fun thing to take a to take that momentum camp back there. Mm-hmm. Like you've been talking about it, like you said, for six to eight months. So it was really cool to see you like finally put that pen to paper and and do the hard thing. So yeah. So after we finished doing a little, uh, we call stairway to heaven. Mm-hmm. We did that with partners. We ended up finishing off at the top of the hill where we could view the entire park. Got it. And it felt really good just to be at the top. Mm. Um, told a little bit more about my story and then we went into some self-talk like what was going on in your head during the ruck because there were moments where it got a little hard a little, little physically challenging we had to take a couple pauses to make sure everyone would catch up because we don't want to leave no man behind but we opened up by talking about the things that was going on in our head during that ruck and it was awesome to hear some of the stories of you know not not feeling worthy, feeling less than, not knowing if they can make it. And then there were some guys who were like stoked to be there. They're like, I'm, gr- I'm glad I, I woke up for this because mm. I need this. Like, mm. you know, I haven't woke up that early on a Saturday in five or six years. So the wow. fact that they had the motivation to wake up early and to be a part of it yeah. and to feel the power when we were halfway through the session of being surrounded by like, like-minded men was was amazing man that's so cool i'm excited yeah. so it's three weekends now but i have a feeling it might grow into something more yeah we're, yeah we're gonna do three sessions on this first men's camp and then from there in the future yeah we'll probably open up well congrats more, boo that's yeah. huge it's a huge win to take an idea and actually put it to paper and execute it let alone when it's like involving other people so yeah so really proud big, of you. big shout out to you like big shout out to all the fellas that joined me this morning man <laughs> We were talking about it, and I told them that, you know, like a Saturday, like how many men are waking up on a Saturday? At, I mean, you had to probably get up at least 5.30, yeah. you know, to show up to something for two hours from 6.30 to 8.30 and not really have an idea of what exactly was going to happen. But I knew yeah. that the men were there were looking for, for more. Yeah. They were looking for something to fill their cup. They were looking to gain some momentum, and I feel like... I gave it to him. Hey, you know, (laughs) that's exciting, though. It's exciting to see when people are willing to put themselves first. Right. And invest in themselves Mm -hmm. because it's it sounds so easy to do. And it's really hard to like a admit that, like, you need other people to, like, progress. Right. In general, like that, that it can impact your level of success. But then to, like, get up early and plan for it, like a Saturday morning is really cool. That's why I must have been, like, super energizing. It was you could feel it when you walked in the gym. I came to the 9 a.m. So I got to, yeah, everyone to feel was a the high little frequency. afterburner. Yeah, totally. So after we finished talking about the negative self-talk, then we went into gratitude. I explained to them my gratitude practice that I've been on in the gratitude mm-hmm. journal for 202 days straight, hey. morning and night. 
um, and how it's been a complete mental shift. I feel like in this city, the social city that we live in, uh, Vegas, as soon as you walk out the door, you know, you got curveballs being thrown at you left and right. We know that a lot of people are moving into town or faced with traffic. That's a big talk, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm More running than late. 20 minutes. I'm frustrated. I'm ticked off. And now I got a text that someone's canceling on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're just hit left and right with all these uh, curveballs that the gratitude journal, when those things happen, still reminds me, you know what? That's all out of my control. I'm just grateful that I get another morning. Mm. I'm grateful for this morning drive and the sunrise, you know? Yeah. Grateful for the music that I'm listening to. I'm grateful for this worship. I, I, use, I love to drive and listen to worship music uh, on the way to work. It just it fills my cup, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we were able to talk about some gratitude, list three things that you're grateful for, and then we had some guys just share, you know, those, the gratitude that they, that they were experiencing at the moment. Man, that's cool. It's yeah. cool to see your growth, too, as a leader, because two or three years ago, you don't, I don't think you would have been nearly as comfortable doing something with so much like emotion behind it. <laughs> to yeah, say the big least. time. So it's been cool for me, both as like your partner and your wife, to see that side of you really grow. You get in touch with it for yourself, but then you also kind of share that that learning that you've had in the importance of being vulnerable and having a community and having a level of support. So I think it's going to be good. I'm really excited to see yeah. where it goes. Thank you for your support and helping me out with that, boo. You know. Before we move on, if anyone is interested in joining the next men's camp sessions two and three, it will be on the 20th and 27th, again, from 630 to 830 a.m. Come prepared to work and come prepared to really open up your hearts and your minds uh, for some growth in 2024. Hey, momentum. Hey, momentum. So we talked about doing this for years after many conversations and stories of some of our members We've been in a season of change. Let's let's uh, dive in and talk about what the past couple of years have been like for us, boo. Man, um, so for me personally, career-wise, we did a total 180 as a family. Uh, I spent about 15 years in corporate America on the brand <laughs> side of things, doing marketing and whatnot. I had some amazing opportunities, worked for some really awesome brands. Um, and then we had Uriah. And I was still continuing to work and I was doing all the things um, that I thought I was supposed to, mm. right? Uh, I was trying to be a top performer at my job. I was trying to be a top contributor, a good manager, a good friend, a good sister, a great wife, a great mom. Um, but the demand that my jobs required just required a lot of time. So... Uh, about two years ago, we did a complete pendulum swing, and after some unfortunate circumstances, I lost my got I lost my job. And uh, before we kind of jumped into something new, O looked at me and said, um, "It's time to reevaluate. Really mm -hmm. start to think about some of the sound bites we had been saying and and listening to." And one of those was that I was missing everything with the kids and the straw that broke the camel's back for me was I'd come home after a work trip and our nanny knew something that Uriah could do that I didn't. And I remember almost wanting to argue with her. And then the amount of shame and guilt that I felt when I realized that she was right yeah. and that she knew that she knew our son better than I did. That was huge wake-up call and yeah. so it was, god was moving in the moment i didn't feel it I didn't. and i and i could see your sadness oh through it you know how yeah. stretched thin you were putting all your effort into work and then coming home yeah. trying to cook and get stuff ready for us i remember when i looked at you and i was like this isn't the life i wanted for us mm. you yeah. made me cry <laughs> yeah it was um it was hard because it was so much of how i had identified my worth was in what I did and um, what was measurable. Yeah. You know, if you've, I think uh, a lot of people come from hurt in their past and sometimes we grip to the things that seem measurable as like an affirming that we're okay and that we're worthy, you know? And for me in college, it was my grades. And so I was, you know, I think I pulled like straight A's my first three three plus <laughs> years of college until I realized nobody actually checks that. Um, and then I was working full time. And then from there, it was, you know, trying to just be the best that I could be for the people that I worked for. Um, and I really loved what I did, mm -hmm. you know, so that was the caveat. It wasn't like I was working in corporate and hated what I did. I loved what I did at like any company 
that I was blessed enough to work for. Um, but yeah, that was such a kick in the gut. Like I'm a straight A student and I, I had never been unemployed. Yeah. That wasn't easy to bounce back from. No. Like it took you some time to yeah. kind of like get over that. Yeah. I was under a rock for quite some time. Um, but God was moving in it. And, and I, I remember so vividly you telling me, um, like, we're going to look back on this and you're going to be like, this is the best thing that could have ever happened. And I, and while I knew that was true, it didn't make the suck suck any less, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I, um, had to really take a step back and start to revisualize like what my life looked like without being like, hi, I'm Abby, director of blah, blah, blah. Yes. You know? And also not being like the boss lady. And I took so much pride in that and so much pride in the the teams I was developing and the people I had the opportunity to manage. Yeah, I took pride in you too, because you were good. <laughs> you <laughs> are good you. at Thank you. anything you do. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that means a lot. Siri, so more than you know. Um, so yeah, so that happened. And we took a beat um, right before this. Oh, it actually looked at me and said, like, what would it take for you to quit your job? Mm -hmm. And I threw out some ridiculous number. Yeah. How much like, money do we need in the bank yeah. for you to quit your job? And I just threw out some number thinking, like, this is not going to fall out of the sky. So I have some time. To <laughs> out. And then O turned around and sold his uh, SQ5, which was like his baby. I mean, if you guys know, O, he's a car guy. <laughs> so he uh, turned around and sold that car. And it really was like feet against the fire, you're going to do this. And I remember being like, oh no, he sold the car. That was mm -hmm. not the plan. Yeah. Um, cause I wasn't ready to, to make the shift and make the change. I didn't know if I actually, not that I didn't know if I wanted to be home, but that's like a, it's a really big shift to go from like a full-time working mom, um, to the idea of being a stay at home mom. So, you know, God intervened. Didn't give me a choice in that because I probably would have never actually chose to leave. Thank you, God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, and then after that, I uh, really took probably six to eight months and like lived in a little bit of a cocoon as I kind of licked my wounds and like figured out like, who am I if I'm not working? And what does that look like? What kind of mom do I really want to be and what does our life look like now that I'm the primary caretaker um that led to a lot of uh, insightful discussion and uh, discussion of our values as a family and I think realigning like the kind of life that we really wanted what do we want our marriage to look like what do we want our children's upbringing to look like what do we want the gym to look like because it's I, I'd done marketing for a bunch of gigantic brands and had never really helped you out <laughs> to be <laughs> honest um mm -hmm. I just didn't have the time and um, it was probably foolish because I still owned our gym, but I just was a loyalist to a fault where I felt like my paycheck was coming from here. And so they get the first of my, of my give. Mm -hmm. And so I know that was probably hard for you. So I thank you for like always just supporting me in that. Um, you never made me feel bad about that, but I do look back now and think like, man, you definitely deserved some of my some of my marketing sparkle. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, that was a big shift. We also decided that we were going to homeschool, which was mm -hmm. a um, huge undertaking, but a big part of what our priority was as a family and our values of what we were trying to instill and the freedom that we wanted for our life in terms of um, travel and just keeping some excitement for our children and like learning and what that looks like. Um, I started my own agency. Yeah, so. tell them about it. Boo, tell them about the agency. You don't talk about it much, but I'm so proud of you for oh, that. Thanks, Boo. Yes. Dang. Yes. Making me feel so good. Here for it. All of it. Hype Girl Collective. Hype Girl Collective. Um, if you guys know anything about me, I'm your hype girl, man. Like, I just, I really... I believe that you can always say something encouraging and I always believe for, that it should be authentic. And my mm. grandma always taught me that if you see something, say something, see something, say something, see something, say something. And so, um, I've definitely been known around the gym and in my social circles to, to hype people up, but it's because I, if I see something, I want to say something and I think people need that. So that was kind of where the name came from. Yeah. Um, but it's a marketing Tell agency. I do everything from small projects and branding. I manage um, some partnerships for some brands. Uh, I do. Are you, are you able to discuss some of the brands and partnerships and people you work with? Why are you putting me on the spot I'm like just, that? I mean, I'm, I'm proud <laughs> of it. Um, maybe later. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do that. And it's been really exciting because um, as much doubt as I had and my worth, after losing my job, just because it was such a pendulum swing, I've always been a top performer. So to be 
faced with unemployment, which is something I'd never known. Uh, it's been really cool because I've I've not had to market myself and had a lot of provisions thanks to little baby Jesus lining <laughs> up um, where I've gotten to really be picky about who I get to work with and what yes. I do. And I get to um, kind of be my own boss and do things the way that I've always wanted to. So that's been really amazing. So it's been a huge shift over the last two years. Homeschool mama, left corporate boss babe little bit more on the crunchy homemaker side. <laughs> and sure. I love it and I'm here for it. <laughs> Home cooked meals all the time. Um, but total, I mean, total shift, I think, in our entire life. But the greatest blessing ever. But definitely um, a change I was not anticipating and I didn't know that my heart needed. Mm. Uh, but I feel more fulfilled now than I've ever felt. Yeah. Period. I love seeing nothing but happiness and joy in your face. <laughs> <laughs> nothing fills my cup more than that, boo. Mm. I love you and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Moving on. Speaking of the new year, 2024, new goals, new chapters, new you, new everything, new podcasts again. Uh, what, what is it looking like for you in 2024? What's, what's on the horizon? Well, like I said, um, I'm coming from a season of yes. 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 Season of yes. Um, and I'm also doing a lot of work around my autoimmune disease. Uh, I have rheumatoid arthritis and just really looking um, to do some nervous system work and to learn to kind of unlearn my habits around stress mm -hmm. um, and trying to pour from an empty cup. So that's going to be a huge focus of mine is kind of taking on spearheading that uh, head on um, as well as, again, like just try to keep up with you and say <laughs> yes to the things that I don't want to do. We've recently taken on cold plunging, mm -hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's and then focusing on the gym. And I think just stretching ourselves and doing the thing that scares you. Mm -hmm. Like if it scares me, I want to do it this year instead of putting it off to another year, waiting if, when, and just kind of falling on my face a couple times, you know? Yeah. It's like I'm preparing for that because I think that that's inevitably part of the, the growth part cycle. Of the growth. And yep. I think I've spent too many years being afraid of the face plant. And it's like this year we're going to face plant a couple times, but I'm here for it. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. This year, like you said, like diving into the business. I feel yeah. like we've been in the business for a long time and really want to work on it, yeah. you know, like add value to it in every way possible. We're already kind of unique in a sense that, you know, our gym's a little bit smaller, the space that we've created is a, is a culture that's like no others. Um, and then the stuff that we've added over the past three to four months, I hope the members have seen the value in, you know, doing the, doing the small things like the November challenge, you mm -hmm. know, in a month like November where people are starting to fall off their routine because it's the holidays that there are people at the gym when you showed up at 5 a.m. before oh, yeah. you to coach. You remember you told yeah, me that? Yeah, I showed up at like 4.50 <laughs> and people had been in there getting after it already over November. Yeah. That, the 24-7 access that we've added to the gym. Yep. Um, adding some new coaches and up-leveling them. I'm really, really excited to bring in just some more personalities. And I just think us being able to work on the business and, and still be in it, mm -hmm. obviously, that's never going to go away. If you own a business, you already know. You in it all the You in it all the time. But um, the opportunity to be able to, to reach more people and impact more people, I mean, that's ultimately the goal, right? It's it's not just a revenue thing. It's not just that. Like if you own a gym, you know that it's, it's a little bit of a passion project mm -hmm. on top of other things. But how do we really like extend that reach and uh, extend that impact? Um, the life change that we've seen inside the gym is so inspiring. And it really has very little to do with you and I. It's just the vehicle that it it kind of serves for people. Um, and just to, to promote that and have more of a space for that and more space for people is kind of the focus. Yeah. So with the 24-7 access, that's been an awesome addition to the gym. Mm -hmm. People are utilizing that. I'm getting texts on Sunday mornings like, thank you so much for yeah. offering this. Like being able to come in and do my thing on a Sunday morning is amazing. Uh, and again, like the men's camp momentum kicked that off today. And then we got two more camps going on before maybe possibly some sort of women's camp in the springtime. Yeah, women's camp in the springtime. We have a new nutrition uh, app that I am working diligently on to get it up and running. It's going to be uh, super involved, so more to come on that. But that's Yeah, that's tell me a little exciting. bit about it. We're, we're, I'm, I'm excited for this challenge. So Bod Squad Challenge is an app-based nutrition challenge. It's six weeks long. Um, it allows you to have direct communication with your coach. You will have daily check-ins, daily habit trackers, um, a food guide that kind of gives you your portions on food and whatnot based off your weight and your goals. 
Um, again, you'll have direct communication with a coach. So we have some of the other coaches that'll be onboarding and joining as well. Weekly, either Zoom meetings or in-person accountability. Love it. Um, so it's very, very tactical. It's very hands-on. Um, again, it's all app-based, so it's a little bit more advanced than anything that we've done, but this will be what we use to launch our nutrition services at the gym that's scalable, yes. that can be done uh, remotely or with members directly. So that is where I've been putting my focus, but I'm really excited about it. It's going to yeah, be great. I'm super excited. Before we move on to our questions and answers, we got a new segment. A new segment. It's our first episode. <laughs> can I say we have a new segment? Yeah, everything's new. It's we all got new. A, we it's got all a, new. We've got a fun segment that we are calling Obsession of the Week. Woo-woo. If you guys know anything about the Fosters, Abby and I, we are always on some sort of kick. Always. I know it. It's like, oh, Omar and Abby, here they are on. We always joke about. 75 hard. What, when we leave places. <laughs> what people like say behind this, our You backs. know there's always sound bites when you leave. <laughs> yeah, totally. so Maybe not everywhere, but. <laughs> there are some bites. And so we always joke when we leave places that it's, oh, what challenge are they on now? Yeah, for sure. Oh, they're sitting in cold water in <laughs> the middle of the night. Like There they go, walking out with their gallons of water. <laughs> drink drink gallon of water every day. No, that's not healthy for you, right? <laughs> A gallon uh, is way too much. <laughs> obsession of the week. So yeah, obsession of the week. What are you obsessed with right now, currently, Bo? Well, I'm not going to steal your answer because I think I know what you're going to say. So uh, lately... I'm on like a Topo Chico kick. Topo Chico. It's so funny. It's like, I feel like. (laughs) You are on a kick. You've been rolling in with those four packs heavy. (laughs) I'm like, how how much are those? (laughs) How much is a four pack? Don't worry. It's in the grocery budget. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I'm a sucker for like a really good club soda. (laughs) Oh, and I don't drink. So this is, you know, club soda is like our exciting beverage when we go out. Um, But I really love like a good bubble. And. Topo Chico lately has just been like smacking with the bubbles. Yeah, you I do don't love know. some good bubble. Every time we'll be at a restaurant, <laughs> you'll chuck down a glass and you're already asking for another one. I'm like, that was kind of rude. You were thirsty, huh? That and sandwiches. I'll smash a sandwich. <laughs> you will smash a sandwich <laughs> well, way faster than I do. How do you eat a foot long faster than I finish a six inch? <laughs> we'll have to do that episode. It's a, it's a sandwich eating challenge. Oh, yeah. You're going down. All right. So the Topo Chico's. I'm down with that. What's your obsession? Yeah, so I, you, I guess you know my answer. Yeah, the cold plunges. Yeah. That have been it, man. Good They've been good. around. We hear people talk about them. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you don't understand it until you actually do it. And it's like you don't even want it to be good. I mean, at least me. I'm like, oh, okay, like I don't want it to be that good. And then it's it's so hard. Like I hate, I hate being cold. Yeah, if anyone hates being cold, it's you. I have made your life miserable for 14 years. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's cold. go uh, snowboarding. And you're like, I don't want to go out there and sit around <laughs> and watch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the cold plunge, uh, you know, when you see videos of whoever doing it, Joe Rogan doing it, Wim Hof, all that stuff, you don't get it because it's something that can't be bought. Mm. You know, when I walk downstairs, I'm like, oh man, it's, yeah, 30, you gotta earn it's that. 30 degrees outside. Like, I really don't want to do this, Yeah, but it's the hit of dopamine that comes on the other side of it. That dopamine, you know? it's like a real thing though. And I was telling, I think I was telling my dad, it was like, we get we get synthetic dopamine all day long, right? Like all ping, 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 long. like from artificial, phone, yep. all the artificial stuff. And I was like, it is like getting sucked in the face, like first thing in the morning with dopamine. And I was like, I have like addict like tendencies mm-hmm. in general. Like when I'm into something, I'm so <laughs> into it, you know? And I was telling him, I'm like, I can feel that like thing click over that like craves it now or I'm like I hate being cold and I the three minutes is so miserable and mm-hmm. it's so hard it's so hard when it's you're in it it's so sucks. hard it and sucks. then and then it's so good <laughs> and it makes no sense yeah and then when you get out you feel this sense of accomplishment you're on this high especially when you do it first thing in the morning yeah and you carry that high till about at least noon <laughs> <You need> a, <laughs> little, about now. a little bit more pump me up yeah. but uh, the cold plunges have been amazing what did we discuss we're like on day 11 now i think i'm day 10 day one day ahead of me we just got a little tub in the backyard filled oh, it up oh, put some ice oh in admitted it. that he's been like competing with me on no plunging. not competing with you <laughs> you are competitive so i was trying to ask her the other night like how long do you plan to do this for are you on a streak are you on a win streak do you have are you going to stop on the weekends and just do it monday through friday and what'd you tell me i don't, <laughs> I don't know i don't know I can't think about it. Anyways, this is how we get to like day 100 of cold plunges in a row because we'll go back and forth and be, you know, motivated and inspired by one You did it in the snow. That was pretty gangster. Oh, that was. I got some good, some good content video of that. So we're doing a cold plunge on session two. 
of our men's camp next week. We announced that uh, on the way back from the ruck. And the guys were excited because <laughs> there are a handful drops. of guys that weren't, uh, or there are a handful of guys who were like not about it. Yeah. And like the only reason why I would do this is because there's a group of other men 100%. doing it. I only did it because our kids did it and I didn't want to be outdone by them. Oh yeah, they're savages. They are. They definitely went longer than I did on the first plunge. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did maybe 27 seconds and Uriah and Sailor and little Liam did Dude, about a minute. Liam smashed. Yeah, there's a video of that. We got a reel on our page if you guys want to go check, check out the kids. Out. Kids, uh, kids cold plunging. Cold plunging. On, on night one, it's it's pretty. That's cool That's what to we see. do at cousin sleepovers. <laughs> yeah. Don't go to Omar. Don't go to Uncle Omar Nobby's. They'll, they'll make it's a, a wellness cold retreat. <laughs> they have you gluten free stuff and <laughs> Topo Chico. Yeah, so that was uh, our our fun segment, a session of the week. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Maybe keep rolling with that on yeah. uh, on our episodes if you guys liked it. Just see what we're into. See what we're into. Uh, so our main topic. We're going to go into uh, how we met, yeah? The story of Abi and Omar? Yeah, we had a lot of questions. We opened up um, some questions on social media just around anything that you guys wanted to know for this initial episode. A lot of it came from our members. Uh, we'll probably go into a little bit more of a deeper dive story around like our love story. Mm. But I think like just a general kind of how we met, history of Social City. And then we've got some questions that came in um, from social that we'll kind of wrap up with. Okay, sounds good. So how do we meet Omar? Ooh, ooh, let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, so we were friends in high school. For those who don't know, Abby and I went to Las Vegas Academy downtown. So this studio is kind of our roots of where we grew up at, yeah. downtown Las Vegas. Man, I can't believe they let us have off-campus lunch at, <laughs> as uh, like 13 and 14-year-olds. Before the beautification project. Yeah, yeah, man, walking downtown with I have some everything stories. that comes with being downtown yeah. to go get some lunch and make it back. So Abby and I went to LVA together. She was in a grade younger than me. I graduated at 02. She was 03, but we had a, your sister was the same grade as me, and Gabby and I were friends, and then you and I were kind of acquaintances because you had a boyfriend the whole time. Oh, everyone knew who Omar was. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. So out of high school, we were friends via MySpace, and then like that segued into Facebook when there was a switch there. And 10 years later, I moved back to Vegas in 2010. Abby had made this post that I somehow came across that was a typical, hey, guys, I lost my phone. Here's my new phone number. Send me all your contacts. And I was like, yo, Abby was a baddie <laughs> in high school. Like, let me holler at her real quick. So I literally got my phone and I texted. And I was like, hey, uh, this is Omar from high school. I know you don't have my number, but here it is. Save it. <laughs> yeah, he did. She played a little hard to get, but we ended up hanging out that night. She met up with me at uh, Lava, where we had an epic, like, two- or three-hour dance battle. Yeah, like, save the last dance. That was in the restaurant. Yeah, like, not, not the in club. the club, y'all. Not in the like, club. Like, we were not upstairs in the club with a DJ. We were in the restaurant <laughs> where people were eating food, sitting on chairs, and Avi and I were going to town, like, save the last dance style. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I found my Julia Styles. Was that her name, Julia Styles? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I found my Julia Styles, y'all. And then after that... It, that was it. Yeah, History. 14 years later. And then shortly after that, I think it was like the next week or two weeks later, you had said that you wanted to start a boot camp. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, like I got my CPT. I'm going to start a boot camp. And if you know anything about Vegas, like Vegas is the city of talkers. So you meet a bartender, they're going to open a bar. You meet a hairdresser, they're going to open a salon. Mm -hmm. And night number one, oh, it said, I just got my CPT. Like I, one day I want to own my own gym. And I had worked kind of around nightlife quite a bit. So I'd been around a lot of talkers and not a lot of doers, let's say. And um, I remember just being like, okay, like super cute. And and literally it was like two weeks later that first boot camp happened. And mm -hmm. that was when I realized like, oh, like he's different. Had shirts made, had a logo made. The True marketing that. person to me was like, <laughs> whoa. We bought some Nike dry fit shirts <laughs> yeah, and took them did. to the t-shirt diner. <laughs> and I had a marvelous printed above the Nike symbol and the camp fit force on I the back. I brought the water and the ice. Yeah, man. It was official. Yeah. Started the boot camp. And like you said earlier, went from one days a week to five days a week. Then we ended up with uh, yeah, leasing a small studio. Yeah, and you were there for me from out the gate. Yeah. Remember, I uh, like my first client. I used to browse Craigslist. Is anyone still on Craigslist? <laughs> Is that a thing, or they're just I don't think I was a ever bunch of murderers on Craigslist. on Craigslist these days? Yeah, I don't know. So I'm searching through Craigslist, personal trainer, and I came across a client. I think her name was Melanie. Melanie Schemer, if you're out there, oh, shout out to Melanie, Melanie Schemer. She was like my first official client, and uh, I actually did trade out with her. Because her husband was Did like a web developer or something, right? or something like that. So yeah. he uh, he uh, hooked me up with a website and some cards. My, oh, Marvelous Fit. A Marvelous Fit, fit Oh, we should have brought one. Ah, man. Maybe we'll bring one in the next episode. Yeah. A Marvelous Fit was Our it. first how we date, started. you took me to that park that you were going to train her at, and you like mapped out like 
Yeah, totally. I had a duffel bag with some TRX straps and I was like, I just need to be able to hang this up yeah. over a swing set and then I can get it in. And I was so like intrigued by you because I just had never met anyone. Like I said, like I had met a lot of talkers, but I hadn't met like a lot of people that um, like jumped into action without them knowing like what they were doing. Kind of like this podcast. Right? Like, no idea what we're doing, but like, let's we do it. Like, we're doing it. Right. Yeah. And it was such a... Um, I just found it like not just intriguing, but I was so inspired by it that it was just like a different energy than anyone I'd ever met. And you've just carried that like throughout the 14 years of us doing this where mm. it's like, don't know what we're doing, but we're going this direction. What's next? It's never been a moment of like just chilling, you know, and just kind of getting too comfortable. Yeah. You were like right into it. So from there we had the studio we subleased the studio mm -hmm. we just did morning classes out of yep then we went over to the compound that was like our first like official branded space yeah totally we had a dual studio so yeah. if you could take the size or a picture of the size of our gym now it's about 2200 square feet we split that gym in half with mm -hmm. a little pony wall um, that had little slit windows in it yeah. and the Pilates girls could see the CrossFit guys working out and vice versa. Yeah. And it was always a funny thing because <laughs> the guys would leave and the Pilates would go, oh my God, who, is that? who was that guy? Who was that tall guy? Six, totally. three. <laughs> I'm like, aren't you married? <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyways, that was a, uh, the compound. Kind of a, yeah, that was uh, the compound. And then from there, after about two or three years, we moved over into our current space in which we decided to become official CrossFit affiliate. Our name of our boot camp or fit or the compound mm -hmm. camp fit force was the name of our boot camp and yeah. our, our company for the main part. We called the gym the compound, but camp fit force was who we are, and we were able to uh, we were unable to get a name in Even that fashion. To that, yeah, anything yeah. CrossFit force or fit force CrossFit was already taken, mm -hmm. and we were supposed to we submitted like four names. It was like remember like Battleborn Do CrossFit, Dogwood, Dogwood was the street that I lived on, yeah. Dogwood CrossFit, and then it was Born and Raised CrossFit yeah. and like Social City or something like that. And they kicked us back the email that was just like, "Congratulations, the new name of your gym is Born and Raised CrossFit." And we were like, and it "Wait, just no. kind of didn't hit." Yeah, I was like, "Wait, what about the other options? Like, was the Social City one available?" Yeah, and they said, "Yes, it was." And we were like, "Yeah, let's go with Social City. It just feels better, right?" Mm -hmm. So that's how we came up with the name Social City. Twenty fifteen, we were in that gym and we've been there since so yeah. what is that 2015 to 24 do the math seven years <laughs> wow seven years what eight it's years? 24 15 20, 20, to 24 that's yeah. nine years <laughs> oh well my bad, my bad. nine <laughs> years Dang. Dang. shows what i know time flies when you have fun <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's pretty much our whole our whole intro there from how we met to how the gym rolled to where it is today yeah and oh like ran you ran it solo up until about 2015, that was like right when we actually started bringing on coaches. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you were—I remember you were working open to close, six yeah. days a week, year over year over year, and we built up the gym all cash. That mm -hmm. was the other, I think, kind of something different about our story that I think sometimes people don't understand. Like um, sometimes people look at CrossFit gyms and big commercial spaces, and it seems like that's the dream. But like the way that we've always done things, it was always important to us that we like owned anything that we did, um, and it was a slower path to get where we're at, but it feels good to own every piece of our business outside yeah, of the does. building. Maybe one day, one day we'll have the building. Yeah, but, for sure. But, um, watching that growth is super cool. And it wasn't until recently that I've actually even really been involved or coaching or really helping that that was your baby. Mm -hmm. And I was like the hype girl, like on the you side, were the hype girl, you know what I mean? Since day one, that's ride right. or die. <laughs> Sweet. So that's pretty much our, uh, our history on how we met and how the gym is evolved to what it is today. Let's go ahead and roll into some of our questions. You want me to hit you with the first one or you want to hit me with it? I'll go ahead and hit you with it. So these were questions that were submitted via our social media. So a lot of these came from members. Yeah, thanks or... guys for asking us some questions, man, giving us some uh, content to spit back at you. Yeah, for sure. So first question came in, said, what is your favorite part of owning Social City? Ooh, favorite, favorite part. part of owning Social City. Like, to be honest, we talked about it before, but all the connections that happen, mm. you know, I guess we're in this day and age where people are so distracted that we don't yeah. have opportunities to have meaningful conversations, you know, like we don't have places where we can go and 100% be ourself, mm. you know, so I think we've created this space where people come and, you know, at first it's, it takes some time to kind of warm up and yeah. break the ice, but once people warm up, you get to see them come out of your, out of their shells and yeah. truly just be who they are without facing any judgment you know what i mean yeah and i think it's um seeing these like odd couple friendships that come out of the gym that are like my favorite right where it's like people that in any other circumstance may not Would have even not had the, friends they may not even have the opportunity to meet right like they may not have had 
uh, cross paths because they weren't in the same hobby outside of this fitness space. And then you end up with these like amazing friendships that we that we see span even longer than memberships. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like people have a season that they train and then they move or whatever. And then you see these like lasting friendships that happen afterward. And it's really cool to know that you got to be like a part of that, even if it's not something that directly involves you. It's yeah. like, we got to create a space that allowed for that. And that always feels like so good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's bigger than just local. If I can continue to share like a fair part of owning social city, I went to that mastermind in Arizona. That was just, you know, a complete flip for me, but I ended up meeting a guy after having some conversation and, you know, it was like, hey, what gym do you own? I'm out of Las Vegas. I own Social City. And he was out of Florida, so forth and so on. He goes, Social City, is that the gym that has, like, the lights and stuff? And you guys do fun workouts and you have, like, a cool <laughs> little Instagram. He's like, I think one of our my members at my gym is from your gym. And I was like, what's her name? And, or, oh, yeah, And it's right. Priscilla. Little P. Goes, yeah, Little P. Shout out to Little P, Shout dude. Little She's P. a She ain't a Little monster. P no more. We no. started calling her Power P, right? Power P. But uh, anyways... Uh, this guy owns a gym in Florida and he mentioned Lil P and it's so cool to yeah. see how big She's our community is, you know, yeah. from Vegas to Florida. And then for me to meet him randomly yeah. and he'd tell me that she's one of the members and, you know, she's one of the top performers. But then, he, al- right but then he also went on to say, you know what? I was a little upset at you because she will wear your shirts in my gym. <laughs> five days a week it was always crossfit social city shirts that's not the first time we've done and at first he was like i was a little bummed about it but then he realized that like he wasn't printing any apparel for his people to wear so i guess i inspired him to like to to jump on top of that uh printing the apparel and stuff you know cool story so it's kind of cool to see that like you know i don't social city is bigger than just vegas for sure next question uh what is your fitness etiquette pet peeve fitness etiquette like as a coach or like just kind of personally that's um personally man a pet peeve that other people do that's a tough question what do you got um i don't love when people don't put things back and that like that and even before we owned a gym like it like if you guys follow my instagram like i put shopping carts back like i will walk across (laughs) the entire parking lot totally i just don't I don't understand when people come in a house that's not theirs and like don't put stuff back. Like yeah, even true. at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, I was when I would train there, I would put stuff back. Yeah. Just I mean, I guess now mind. that you mentioned that, like my OCD does kick in. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> You're like, worse than I am. There's a box out of place over there. I'm yeah. having a hard time focusing. Or so I don't. Or I don't like when. Um, I I and it's not like a negative judgment, but it's like it's something that bothers me that I wish was different where it's like, man, I just wish like people were okay with like whatever their performance was for that day. Like we don't need to make excuses Mm. for it. We don't need to like, you don't owe anyone an explanation. Like, you know what I mean? On like why you didn't RX or why you didn't perform. Like, I mean, I, I get those moments too. I feel that need to explain things. If I didn't maybe perform at a level that I either expected myself to, or I think other people or I'm like, just like, man, like, get coming in and moving like that's enough that's enough that's enough and that's all like consistently moving is really all you need it's you don't need to go 120 percent all the time yeah. note to self note take to your self. own advice take your own advice Abby. Take your own advice <laughs> Abby has no sense of no all gas no <laughs> all gas no breaks yeah and all everything in. full sprint yeah there's no jogging no warm up <laughs> she's full sprint <laughs> you want to hit us with the next question let me hit you with it oh uh, go ahead and hit me what is your daily routine like, give us a little rundown on your day-to-day. Well, where it's at right now, um, I've been trying to wake up before the kids. That For a while, that wasn't the case. Um, I was really focusing on sleeping because I averaged, like, literally, I think, like, four hours a night for probably three-plus years. Um, Sayla was a terrible sleeper. She was in her room for a long time. And then um, my work schedule and high-functioning anxiety <laughs> did not help with that. So for a little bit, it was just, like, really allowing myself to sleep more. Um, and now it's kind of reclaiming that morning mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. So I've been cold plunging. Um, first thing I have to do it right when I wake up. doesn't matter how early it is, even if I coach the 5 a.m. Because uh, if I take too much time to think about it, I won't do it because mm-hmm. it sucks. <laughs> but it's amazing. And then uh, after that, I do salt and lemon water first thing in the morning. Do about 28, 30 ounces of that. Then my coffee. And I recently got myself some lavender syrup, lavender and in the it's house. been I've like a, it's like my treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have like a lavender americano, 
uh, get the kids ready. And I usually train, if I'm not coaching in the morning, I usually train at nine. Um, kind of get that out of the way. Kids get their wiggles out movement. We hit the park and then we come home and dive into homeschool and then whatever else the day has for us, work, whatever. But that's usually how I start my mornings. I love it. Yeah. I love your morning. I love to hear the day. Yeah. Day in the life of Bobby. It sounds it's good. It's been, it's cool recrafting um, a morning routine that really serves me um, and really trying to find find out what that looks like in this season. I, I've spent so much of my life, like when I was working, it was really like, I, w- I woke up and the first thing that was on my plate was serving other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we had kids, it was serving my kids, serving you, serving my job. And so it's been a focus of mine. I mean, not just this year, because this year just started, but just as of late to really try to reclaim what that looks like. Uh, if I have a little extra time, it's when I do quiet time. I have my gratitude practice. I, I also am in the Pink Journal Club. Pink Journal Club. Pink Journal Club. <laughs> Link in the bio. Um <laughs> I've been really trying to integrate that. And then quiet time with God in the morning always like sets me right. Cause mm. you know, I always tell people I am healing. I am not healed. And Amen. sometimes I need a little Jesus. So I don't yeah, enter into the world the with like the raw feelings that I have. Cause I yeah, that's what the cold plunge do for me too. Cause yeah. I put on worship music and it's just, it's just me and him Yeah, for, for a solid three dope. minutes. You know, I get to either worship and sing a little bit, uh, be in my own mind, clear my mind, kind of fight my battles while having a conversation with, with, with the Lord. Yeah, I love it. Tell yeah. me about your, so your morning routine, cold plunge. Yeah, very similar to yours. Cold plunge. I drink my, I drink my water, um, and then I go into make it a coffee, get ready, head to the gym. Yeah, you get you bulletproof, just, though. You still do bulletproof coffee. I still do bulletproof. Yeah, bulletproof. If you guys don't know, I put uh, about a tablespoon of some raw butter. We do some brain octane, and then we blend it all up, and that gives you a nice dose of some good fat, some That's good healthy right. fats to give you energy uh, sustained throughout your day. I get to the gym. I usually coach a 9 a.m. class. And then from about 10 to noon is when I usually have a break and I'm knocking some, knock out some admin. Yeah. Maybe get some posts going on social media. I think it's best to get those posts out in the morning. So I'm always on like a time crunch, like, babe, I got to get this out. So I yeah. get those out. Usually coach to noon as well. And then Monday through Friday, I tend to have a break, usually between one and four. So I'm either hacking out some more admin. Lately, we've been on um, a bunch of the BLG calls and just working on forwarding and growing the, growing the, business, the gym yeah. and the business. And then if I'm coaching at night, I usually coach 5.30, head home, get some yummy homemade <laughs> dinner. <laughs> my, my, Abby's the bomb. She's a bomb chef. We got, we got a menu for the week. If you hey. guys haven't followed her, you know that. Or if you do follow her, you know that Abby does grocery hauls every Monday. Give a rundown of what we get. Remember when I was like, wait, I just realized that <laughs> These are your my grocery groceries haul too. is what I eat. I hope people know that I'm eating that too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, I'm blessed to have home cooked meals, baby. You have no idea how good that feels to be able to sit down with my family every single night mm. and just break bread. Yeah. It feels good, man. It feels good to be in tune with our kids and have that routine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been cool to see just like bringing back some really like traditional, um, kind of traditional like home values, like the the value that it's had in our home. Like mm-hmm. our t- if you guys don't know, our TV has been, you know, broken. <laughs> broken broken for about yeah 100 days or something like that um and just seeing the shift in our kids and that and just kind of doing some stuff old school you know what i mean yeah there's another one there's another one omar nabi they don't do tv yeah totally (laughs) totally um next question we got time for maybe two more yeah uh we got yeah we have two more so that's perfect so what is it like running a business with your spouse what are the biggest challenges and the biggest wins and I guess you could answer this twofold. I'll just put the two questions in one. How about this? Okay. Let's go. So no. what is it like running a business with your spouse? Yeah. What are the biggest challenges and biggest wins? And what do you believe makes it successful? Oh, man. So that's like a four-part question. But I got you. Yeah. It's relatively new for us, but I love it. Mm. You know, like, like, like you said, like you've been making millions for other companies and, and putting forth all your expertise in them and not pouring into what we have. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I didn't want it to be just my baby anymore. Like I wanted to be... A you and I thing. Yeah. Um, so to have you on board as support, the backbone, and and for you to contribute all of your knowledge, I'm just grateful for it. So it's been amazing to have you dive in, you know, with the business and, and the gym because it's probably been what a good solid four to six months. You've really been kind of like contributing, really, in and really in it, and yeah. you know, jumping on calls with me and. and you know, jumping on notes and tasks and planner. emails. Get me a planner, which I love. I'm using it. Are you proud of me? I'm, I'm using the planner, y'all. Look I'm using the planner. Uh, gratitude. People can change, morning and y'all. night. People can change, man. People I'm a different Omar than I was. Talking about feelings <laughs> with men? Yeah. What is going you know on? I mean, and then what was it? Uh, running a business with your spouse. And then what are some of the challenges? I think at the beginning, the challenges for us were 
kind of just communication base. 100%. You know, I'm sure you're used to communicating um, and and conveying your message a certain way or trying to get people to. That's such a nice way to put it. <laughs> like... No, it's true. I'm not trying to like be nice about it. I'm just saying it's communication. Communication was, is key. I was used to being the boss. And so when um, I think that was like the hardest part for me is it's like I have a very, very I mean, I have a masculine energy, I think, in general. But I have a very masculine energy around work. And so when we would sit down to talk about work stuff, like you were not getting like Obby the wife, mm. Obby the boo bear, gotcha. Obby the partner. You yeah, were getting like Obby the big boss. Obby the boss. And which, I think at sometimes I felt that. Because yeah. I was like, hey man, I feel like you talk to me like I'm one of the employees or something <laughs> at work. Like I'm your man. I mean, I'm like <laughs> respectful though. I was not like No, a, you are yeah, now, but I'm sorry. saying in the beginning was kind of like, hey man, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just definitely hard finding your lane. Um and finding the, the way that you communicate and then how do you not carry that stuff home? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably like the biggest challenge of like if you run a business with your partner is you're in it and you're passionate about it and it's never off like topic, right? Like you're, it's kind of always burning in the back of your head. But then A, when do you turn it off? Mm -hmm. Like how do you not bring that stuff home? Because there's going to be stuff you're not going to agree on. There's going to be stuff that you have <clears throat> different viewpoints on or maybe you like didn't get your way or whatever. And then um, learning each other's communication skills in business because it's different than personal, at least for us. It's mm -hmm. like, I think the way that we communicate personally and then the way that we need to operate in business are two separate things. Yeah. And then knowing when to switch the toggle back and forth. Yeah. Especially because we do a lot of business at home, right? Like yep. if we're talking about stuff, whatever. Um, I think time blocking and like having synced up times, like making appointments, like mm -hmm. really setting time aside, not just not just nilly like nally yeah talking about business because you're going to do that anyways like yeah. that'll always be a part of it but how do you do it in a, a, a fashion where you respect each other's time and you respect that dynamic and respect that relationship in a way that you honor it the way you would honor another business relationship like i if i was working with someone else like in the past like i wouldn't not honor their calendar to call and talk to them about a big topic so i'm not going to call you on a whim at two o'clock and say hey let's dive into this meat and potatoes conversation that requires a little bit more time. So I try to be respectful of that and bring some of my like structure mm -hmm. that I learned from working in like bigger, busy environments on like how we can kind of scale that here yeah. and, and keep, keep the balance. Of and I would say once I was able to let you know, like this is the way I operate, I operate best when, yeah. you know, you give me a time frame, like, Hey, like, can we sit down for 20 minutes? Cause yeah. you know, your myself and span. yeah, myself and probably most men don't have yeah. a very long attention span. And I would feel like my plate would get full and my cupboard, my pot would overfill, and then I'm like, all right, now I'm flooded, and you're still spitting information at me, and yeah. I'm kind of like, ah, I'm stuck. Like I'm, I was stuck back there. Like you, you left me like in the dust. I need a time. I need some time to pause and be able to like digest all the information mm -hmm. you just give me, gave me, and figure out how I'm going to apply that and whatever the topic was we were discussing. You know? Yeah, and I think also for me it was allowing you to lead. Mm. Um. And like I said, it just had a habit. Like I'd always been at the the head of most of the stuff that I had worked on and most of the teams that I had worked on. And so I really, I really love being in a leadership position. Um, and so it was, I was, it was different having to kind of voluntarily take a, not a back seat by any means, but more of a supportive role and mm -hmm. being like, okay, like you drive the vision because you, you are the one that knows this, like this is your ecosystem. Like you, you know, this living organism of a business. So let me allow you to lead and then bring in my expertise versus coming in, like overtaking the whole thing for sure. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What do we got? Final question. Final question. Um, what is the biggest lesson each of you have learned by owning and operating Social City? Biggest lesson. The biggest lesson. I mean, honestly, to be kind. Mm. Be kind to people, you know? Because people walk in, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what kind of day they had. You don't know what trenches they are in or what kind of struggles they're going through. And I feel like we're so quick to, like, judge. And we're so, devi so divisive right now that, you know, if you don't share the same opinion, it's almost like, you're looking for a reason. People are looking for a reason to get triggered because they want to like puff up and mm. they've got so much on the inside they need to let out that like you get that backlash, you know, mm. and people's insecurities are being projected onto others because others are are doing the thing, you know, and these people want to make them feel bad about it because they don't want to see them succeed and grow, yeah. you know? So really like the big lesson is be kind, be kind to others. Yeah, I was going to say something similar, but I was, what came to me was people need people. Mm. It's like, 
we're not meant to do life alone, period. And in, in, in any any walk of life, like we're not meant to to hurt alone, we're not meant to celebrate alone, we're not meant to suffer alone. Um, and I think over the last fourteen years, it's it's been a consistent theme to see that people are just looking for connection and they're just mm-hmm. looking for somewhere that they belong. And that's all that anybody wants. Like I don't care how sure old not. you are. We're still this like tiny little kid inside yeah, we are. that is that first day of school walking in somewhere and you just want to know that someone knows your name and that they care that you're there mm-hmm. and that they notice if you're not there. Yeah. Um, and while we like obviously serve fitness, the thing that I've just seen over the last plus decade is that people really just need people even, and especially the ones that seem like the most okay. Mm-hmm. Those are actually the ones I think sometimes that need it the most. Yeah, check on your strong friends. Yes, friends. check on your strong friends. Are the people, if they're leaders in their own circles, they're leaders at work, they're leaders in their home, it's like the gym kind of becomes this place where it's like they don't have to lead and they can just be mm-hmm. accepted, yeah. right? And just accept for who they are because it's like, it doesn't, no one cares what you do for work. I mean, it's it's dope that you get to network and whatnot, but no one cares. Like, no one cares whether you're lifting heavier weight, less weight, faster, slower. Like, they just care that you're there. Mm-hmm. That's all that the gym members care about is that their other friends and members are there. Yeah. And that's, that is what's missing in most people's lives. And it's not yeah. just the fitness aspect. It's just somewhere to belong. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely been the greatest lesson. And I've carried that into the other things that I've done and the way that I greet people and meet them where they're at and kind of <laughs> if I sense something see something say something you know that like people just want to be accepted so, I love that yeah I love that boo so we're at the end of our episode yeah episode one we're gonna close out with some gratitude what are three things you're thankful for uh first and foremost man I'm just thankful for God's provision on our life Amen. um the last two years has definitely taught me that like <laughs> he knows better than me on what is good for me so I've just been trying to be in a little more alignment with that. And the more alignment that we've been on his calling, the more joy that I've unpacked. So first and foremost, that. Number two, I'm, I'm super grateful for you. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful not just for who you are, is that, I mean, is enough, but just to the fearlessness that you have to like push us, push our family, push our business, push other men, <laughs> just to be the catalyst of, of growth in my life. I'm super grateful for that. Cause man, you make me that. do so much, like so many things that scare me. <laughs> you hate me at times. <laughs> like, like, oh, like, are we doing this? Oh. <laughs> and what then you doing? What, what happens? That's what I'm saying. So you I'm, normally enjoy, you normally like get some growth out of it. Listen, I'm coming from a place of yes. Yes. And, um, and third and final, um, I'm thankful for our kids, man. Mm. They're so, I mean, that seems like such a, cliche thing but they are just like the coolest thing i've ever done and they've taught me so much about myself and about life and about people and they've really challenged me they've been the hardest bosses i've ever had (laughs) (laughs) um but they've really challenged me to not just talk about it but to be about it like the things that i want to do in life like they're watching and they're going to figure out who we are before we know it and And i figure that out due to your actions yes and it's like i just want to be i want to be living out the things that i want for them and so i'm super grateful for them because it's man it's like pushed me to really like put my words into action and to think about the way i talk about myself or the way i show up for myself the way i show up for others so those are my three what are your three I'm grateful for today. Yeah. Like it's been a lot. I had a lot on my plate last night. I mean, I you know, you saw I me. Mean, I think I got a little anxiety. And <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, sure. oh man, I got a lot to yeah. do tomorrow. Yeah. I got the men's camp, gotta be there early. Yeah. I gotta coach class. And then we scheduled this for noon so we can get straight from the gym. Um, drop the kids. Yeah, drop the kids and then get here. So there's a lot on my plate. And yeah. then I then I was telling you that the cold plunge thinking about it at night before bed gives me more anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, are you doing it tomorrow? Gosh, we're doing it on the weekends. I like that that was a question. Are we going to cold plunge on the weekends? But I needed needed that. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful for for the men's momentum camp that Mm -hmm. happened this morning. That was so powerful. powerful. I can't wait to see the growth in that and, like, the brotherhood that comes from the community of men who are just willing and wanting to to move the needle forward in 2024. So cool. Uh, I'm grateful for my wife and all of your support Mm. since day one, just ride or die, you know, like putting your trust into me, like letting me just lead. And especially over the past couple of years, just letting me lead our family in all aspects and, and, and faith in work and the finances, you know, I know it's a hard thing for you to do, but (laughs) 
of a control freak. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, I'm grateful for worship music because mm. I love music, and and that's the way I connect and like tie together my emotions with with things. You know, yeah. is the lyrics and songs just they really hit and 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 speak to me in a way that I don't get uh, in, in other areas of my life. You know, yeah. So I'm grateful for that as well. I'm grateful for opportunities. You know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to come down to this podcast studio. Thank you, Quan, again yeah, for, for having us here. Kwan. Yeah, man, it was it was kind of last minute, like you said. It was just like maybe Wednesday or three days ago. They were like, "Yo, let's get this going. We're gonna come Saturday. We're ready." <laughs> and I was like, "Really? We are? You can't be serious." So I'm grateful for opportunities to come and yeah. and be here and shoot our first episode. It feels good. Yeah, we're here, boo. We did it. We did it. Episode, episode one. one. Check. Check. <laughs> Bucket list. Check. Right off of it. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to all channels. We don't have them all fired up and ready to go yet, but we're going to have a... Uh, oh, we got our YouTube. So subscribe to YouTube. It's going to be on whatever, Spotify, Apple Play, all those things, all those outlets. I'm relatively new to podcasts, but we're going to make it work. That's right. Do you want to finish them off with our uh, closing line there? That's right, guys. Just remember that you're made with a purpose, on purpose, and we're super thankful you spent your time with us. Before she know, woo. Yeah. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace out. Chicken grease. <laughs>